But we're not in a series today, and so I kind of have what I call uh, to myself, we call it like a standalone sermon. I'm not, I'm not in a sermon series. And so some of my mentors and I, we, we talk about this idea of, of talking about a thought, just like this thing that you kind of bounce around and think about. And so that's what I want to do kind of over the next 10 minutes is talk about like an idea or a thought about the things of God. And of course, you can tell I'm, I'm sort of overcoming a little bit of a, a dry throat thing. So I normally sound like Hulk Hogan, but now I sound like old Hulk Hogan, you know. <laughs> and um, and it's going to be hard for you to pay attention, you know, because it's the Hogan voice and Hulk Hogan arms. I know you're going to have to <laughs> focus in. <laughs> but I did want to share a thought because we're, we, we're kicking off and we're, we're starting to talk about the idea of community groups and, and just the ways that we hang out. You know, Genesis in Scripture, you see where God says, um, this is good, trees good, sky good, earth good, water good, all these things are good. And then the first time he says something is not good is when man is alone. So God looks, looks and goes, whoa, that's not good. We should fix that. Let's make sure he has somebody. And so Eve and all that kind of stuff. And it's the same today. If God were to look down on your life and, and you're alone, you don't have people to do life with, God would say, hey, that's not good. We need to make sure they get connected relationally because I believe God builds his kingdom relationally. All throughout scripture, he would say, go from this place to this place and, and meet with these people or interact with this thing because God accomplishes his work by choosing to use people. Are you with me? And so it's the same thing for us. We need to be relationally minded as Christ followers. We need to look at not only connecting with people in the church, but connecting with people outside the church. And so um, that's our mindset in community groups is, hey, let's build some things this summer where we can come together. And it may be volleyball or it may be some of the other things, but we're coming together. We're building, we're strengthening relationships. And it's also stuff that we can invite other people to. Like, hey, come out and do life with us. You know, we want you to be a part because some people might be too intimidated to ever step foot in a church church, but they'll come play volleyball with you or they'll come do some of these other things. And so, and so in that, I think there's some things we should be conscious of as we step out as a church to connect and relate to our community. Um, there's some patterns and some behaviors that, that we want to have, that we want to be able to show Christ to our communities in a certain way. And um, so I want to talk about that today, just some relationship values. Um, I know this, the older that I get, uh, the things that matter more to me are not stuff. It's not things. It's not stuff that you acquire. And you should have goals for those things to grow and to achieve and whatever. And I'm not saying stuff is bad, but I'm just saying the older I get, the things that mean more to me, the stuff that's the most meaningful in my life is meaningful relationships. It's, it's people to do life with that have your back. They never leave you. They support you. They stand with you. Meaningful relationships are really kind of the older I get, the, 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 what matters more to me. And uh, I think about it like this, at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to look back and be telling stories of, oh, I should have bought that Ford instead of that Chevy. I should have got that Ford instead of that Dodge, because that's a truth. But anyway, you're not going to look back at those things. What you're going to do is you're going to go tell stories of relationships. You're going to tell stories and you're going to look back on meaningful relationships with people and people that mattered in your life. And so relationships should be at the, the front of our mind and how do they work and how do we interact with them? Because God chooses to use people. And so if it's a strength in our life, it can also be a great hindrance because the enemy comes in and tries to mess up what God blesses. What God sets to be a thing, the enemy always tries to come in and mess up. And so if relationship is a strength for you, it can also be a hindrance. And so we need to know what the Bible says about it. Amen? So there's a couple things that I want us to first understand in the beginning is this. 
you are going to attract who you are in a relationship. And whether it's a friendship, a relationship, whatever, you attract who you are or what you display. Uh, you've all heard the saying, birds of a feather stick together. And it's why. It's because we just find a way to get together, you know. And uh, so that means if you want somebody to be a shoulder to cry on in your life, you need to be a person who lets people cry on your shoulder. Are you with me? If you want somebody who's encouraging and speaks life and builds you up, you need to practice the practice of encouraging and building people up and speaking life, right? Same thing with, with kindness and all those kinds of things. If that's what you desire in relationship, you need to display those things because that's how it works. Now, it's the truth about if you're somebody who's like, man, you know, it seems like people in my life are harsh or, or everyone around me is negative or, you know, discouraging or all those kinds of things. I would take a good look at ourselves and say, you know, am I portraying this? Am I inviting this somehow? It's amazing to me how um, people, you know, who, who, who maybe struggle with depression or they have an anxiety. Um, it's weird how they gravitate at times. You know, I'll sit down with somebody who's struggling and I'll say, you know, well, how are you trying to get over this? How are you trying to build yourself up? You know, like, what, what are you doing to get out of this? Well, I go on this blog and I go on this thing and they just go, they just consume all of these negative atmospheres and articles and places. It's amazing how like negativity finds itself. So we need to be conscious about if I want something different in my life, I need to look for it and give it. Does that make sense? So the truth is what you attract is what you are. So we better be conscious of like what we're giving so that we can attract the right thing. Uh, that's not just opinion. Proverbs talks about this. Proverbs 18.24 in the New King James Version says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Do you want to have friendships? Do you want to have relationships? You first have to be friendly. And you can translate that into everything else. You can say, hey, do you want to have grace operating in relationships? Do you want to be the shoulder to cry? And do you want to be the life giver? Then you must first be that for somebody else. Are you with me? And so I think Proverbs gives us a great teaching here about the way that we give the characteristics that we seek. And so I picked three, and I got just a few minutes to run over these three, but I picked three things that I hope would be in you and in this church and in our groups and as we go forward as Christ followers, I hope these are some characteristics that we're able to portray into our community. The first one is this. I encourage you to take notes. The first one is unselfishness. We got to be people who just live not about ourselves. We, one of the things we need to display is we are not selfish people. We just, we, we just work in a way that, hey, I'm, I'm a person who's going to live unselfishly. The scripture is full of scriptures that are saying, lay down your life, sacrifice, take up your cross, all of these things that call us into a life that is lived for somebody else, with somebody else in mind, with the good of our neighbor in mind. But culture teaches us to think of things this way. Culture says it's about what you get. It's about what you can gain. It's about your net worth. It's about the bottom line. What's in it for you is how you should make a decision. Many times you get invited to participate in something or connect in something or you have this opportunity and we've been programmed in our culture to say, well, what am I going to get from it? What am I going to gain from it? What's the bottom line going to be? What's in it for me? And the kingdom of God is unselfish and it says, no, when something comes across your path, it should be, what can I give to this? How can I add to it? How can I build this thing up? Are you with me? And so we got to develop in ourselves this idea of unselfishness. I want to give back. I want to connect. If I have it, 
I want somebody else to enjoy it. Scripture says we're blessed to be a blessing. We've been given it so that we can share it. Are you with me? Okay. And so I thought about this. There's a, uh, there's a cartoon writer, which many of you know his work. Uh, Matt Groening is his name. And he created The Simpsons. And uh, he goes and speaks at schools and universities and things like that. And he gives all these talks to young leaders all the time. And one of the things he said about success, he says this in his talks, I will keep it short and sweet. Family, religion, and friendship, these three demons must be slayed in order for you to be successful. So it's saying, hey, make it all about yourself. Remove any kind of religion that says it's about somebody else. Remove any kind of family that's going to take. Remove any kind of anything that's going to. Do you want to find success? Build a life for yourself. And that's what's being taught in our culture is make it about you. We subconsciously don't even recognize that you have the iPad, the i. You know, we make our own custom playlist. Much of the advertising is sold to you like this. Hey, use this thing to make it about yourself, right? That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, hey, create environments where we live unselfishly, amen? Proverbs 14, 21 says, he that despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Basically, if you're a person who lives selfishly, you don't care for your neighbor. You don't care to have care for your neighbor. If you're that type of person who just wants to shut out and ignore the people around you and you want to live for yourself, you're not going to find happiness. But somebody who has mercy on the poor or somebody who's less fortunate or doesn't have what you have, if you have a heart for those kinds of people and you live unselfishly, the scripture says, happy is he. You'll be happy. Happy is he. Does that make sense? Many of us has experienced this. You give a gift or you share something with somebody and you see what it does to them in their life and then you find the greatest joy in that. Why? Because when we live unselfishly, that's the best way to live. Are you with me? Yeah. Proverbs 17, 17, I love this. The top of the verse says this, a friend loves at all times. Not at popular times. Not when everybody's in agreement. Not when everything is like the same. It says a friend loves at all times, no matter what happened, no matter what you're going through, a friend is there with their love at all times. I hope that's said about our lives. No matter what decisions are made in the world, no matter what decisions happen in our community, they would look to the church and say, man, that church, there's such a friend. They love us at all times. Are you with me? Notice it didn't say a friend is happy all the time. It didn't say a friend is perfect all the time. It didn't say a friend knows everything all the time. It says a friend loves it all the time. You don't have to be perfect to, to, to share your love, to reach people. You just got to be somebody who's there to love. Now, I'll take a step back and say that doesn't mean we justify sin and we, and, and we don't stand up for anything. There needs to be truth in our life. We don't, we don't say, oh, I love you, I love you, live any way that you want. But I'm saying people need to know that we're there and we love them through all times. Amen? Number two characteristic that I think is really big is faithfulness. In our relationships, we, we need to have faithfulness to one another. We need to be faithful uh, to each other. Uh, I think about the same thing, you know, having somebody in your life, the older you get, to have somebody in your life that you know no matter what, no matter how hard you fell, no matter how big you messed it up, you have somebody that you can call and you know they're going to be faithful. They're going to be there with you. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to leave you. Because the problem is the addiction will always answer if we don't. 
The sin out in the world will always accept them if we don't. We need to be a people that are faithful before something else toxic reaches them. Are you with me? Abraham Lincoln said this, my best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. Your best friend is the one who brings out the best in you. A lot of times we choose and spend time with friends who entertain us the most. Oh, they're my best friend there. We get together and it's so much fun and it's so great, but they might not be your best friend. We need to take a look at our relationships and say, you know, who, and I'm not saying you can't hang out with people that entertain you and you have fun with, but your best friends that you need to keep near and dear, that you need to let speak into your life are those that bring out the best in you. A lot of times the fun, the crazy, the whatever, they kind of bring out the worst in you. We all got those friends, especially guys. I ride dirt bikes with a group of guys and, uh, you know, we've been building jumps and working on things. And when we're packing dirt higher and higher and we're all getting ideas, we're not bringing out the best in each other. Hey, I think you could, right? (laughs) So just because it's fun, just because you're having a good time, doesn't mean it's the best relationship. We need to have people in our life. Your best friend is the friend that brings out the best in you. I thought about, uh, looked up faithfulness and friendship is to be somebody worthy of trust or reliable. We need to be people worthy of trust and reliable. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy man or woman keeps a secret. Or one translation says, keeps confidence. I'm not talking about you hide people's sin. I'm not talking about you keep secrets for them. What I'm saying is you have their back. We got to stop talking about people. We got to stop gossiping about things. We need to have people's back and speak life over them. Are you with me? We talk about sins of drunkenness and adultery and all these big taboo sins, but the sin of gossip can do a lot of damage in people's life. It can cause hurts and pains that last for years in people simply because we felt like we had the right to talk about them. The scripture is not for that. Are you with me? We used to explain it to our youth group as a can of soda. Take this can of soda and shake it up real good, and then you open it and it sprays everywhere. And that's how we, it works in our lives with gossip. We, we hear something, we get excited about it, and we just want to tell somebody because we have this thing. And then when you open it and you say it and it goes everywhere and this damage is done, then we would tell the students, all right, now put all that soda back in the can and don't miss any of it. It's not possible. And it's the same thing with gossip. Once you've said it and, it, and it's sprayed and it's done its damage, there is no fixing it. Are you with me? We need to be very conscious about being faithful and having each other's back. Amen. And then number three, my last point is honesty, is honesty. One, I believe, I say this all the time, one of the deepest forms of love, of true love, is being somebody who tells the truth, is somebody who can tell the truth and speak truth in a friendship or in a relationship. You know, usually when you have to come and tell somebody a hard truth, there's usually like a reaction and, and, it, and it's a frustration. But think about it with my kids. If they had a knife and they were going to go stick it in the light socket, I have to run over there with urgency and tell them the truth because I love them and I got to stop them. And a lot of times they get mad, right? They turn around and ninja star me with the knife, right? They chug it. I want to just... But they were unaware. They, they, they didn't see. They had a blind spot in their life. They didn't know. They didn't have total knowledge. And so that happens in our life. We step into a relationship with somebody who says, hey, I really got to tell you this because I love you. The road that you're going is not going to end well. And they might get upset and it might not look great, but we still got to do it because true love tells the truth at the deepest level. Proverbs 27, 6 talks about it. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy are deceitful. 
I'd much rather have somebody come and tell me the truth than remain silent. And when I look back and see, they saw it coming all along, but never loved me enough to tell me. Are you with me? I thought about it like this. If we had uh, a neighborhood and you were inside your house and it had a big front window and there was a sidewalk walking past your house and you're inside having the best time. You're dancing, you're throwing a party, you're watching a movie, you're having a meal or whatever. And as your friends walk by that window, they see you and you wave at them and you recognize them. But what you don't know is that your house is on fire. It's being consumed with flame. It's about to burn down. It's about to fall in on you. Of course, in that situation, we wouldn't walk by and be like, hey, enjoy your dinner. Oh, their house is on fire. We would dramatically rush in there and say, you got to get out. The scenario in you're in is not going to end well because we would save them from a scenario like that. We need to have that same kind of urgency when we see people going down roads that they shouldn't go down participating in things, listening to things, disengaging themselves from things. We need to step in and be like, hey, I see where it's going. It's not going to end well. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Are you with me? We need to be those same kinds of people. Matthew, or Matthew, Matthew Luther King. You guys don't know about him? Hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. says this brilliantly. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. It's the worst with down the road when somebody says something like, oh, I saw that coming, but I didn't love you enough to tell you. Oh, I knew it was going to end like that. I'd give an example like this. You know somebody is participating in something and it's going to end bad for them. But because of fear or you don't want to make them mad or you don't want to lose the friendship, you're not saying anything or you're laughing along or you're downplaying the severity of what they're participating in. That is going to end poorly for both of you. See, a lot of times we think we're saving the, oh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to wreck the relationship. The relationship is headed off the cliff anyway. Say something. For the love of your friend in the relationship, tell the truth. Does that make sense? And please do it in love. <laughs> don't come with a bullhorn. Hey, send him a text. Uh, headline, you're sinning need to set up a meeting with you about your sin. And I'm not even talking about sin. You know what I'm talking about. But let's, let's tell the truth. Let's step in and in love. Are you with me? Why don't you stand to your feet? Jesus was amazing. Of course, we all know that. But what I love about Jesus is he came and provided many things for us. The cross, forgiveness of sin, all those things that we know. But what I love the most... One of the things I love the most about Jesus is he showed us how to live. He showed us here on earth how to do it. He like didn't just drop a scroll and, and say, hey, follow all these. He's like, here, I've come to give you life and give it to you better. Let me, let me show you. Let me, let me be on display and show you. And then he would say things like, come follow me. Be like this. Do like this. So I said that to say this. Jesus modeled relationships for us. He showed us how to interact with one another. We saw that Jesus washed people's feet. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He walked among people. The scripture talks about how he ministered to uh, tax collectors and had them follow him. He had a reputation of speaking to prostitutes and all these kinds of things. Jesus knew how to reach people. We even know in one scripture it says Jesus wept. He was emotional for relationships that he had here on earth. It's important for us as Christians to get it, 
that the kingdom of God works relationally. Are you with me? So my encouragement to you this morning is maybe you've been burned in a relationship and it's really hurt you. And since then, you've either, you've journaled it, you've said it out loud, you've told somebody, that was the last time I tried. I'm putting up a wall. I'm, I'm pushing people back. I'm not letting anybody in anymore. It's just me and my husband or wife, my kids, and the dog. That's it. And half the week I'm mad at the dog, right? Like, I get that. I get the real life of that. But I'm telling you, it's hindering you. God created us to be in fellowship with one another. God created us to grow with one another relationally. And so I'm just going to say for you this week, Go to God and ask him, hey, God, help me with this wall. Help me with this divider that I put up that keeps people back. I want to experience all the blessing of God's people in relationship this week and in the future weeks and the time to come. Amen.